Soaring in from high above Eastern Michigan University, it's the Eastern Insider Podcast with your host, Greg Steiner and Alex Jewell. bleary eyes because i know you were up late watching the oscars it's time for a little monday fun with the always award-winning eastern insider i'm greg steiner and i'm alex jewel alex i know you were peered up late during the night waiting just hoping that you'd see your name slid into those oscar credits last night you were not the big winner but we found a big week of winners and we have plenty of them for today's podcast a good weekend of eastern michigan athletics looking into a now schedule heavy week for emu we've got basketball teams in action swimming in action track in action baseball season gets underway how is it possible that baseball is already underway this friday it's a it's a heavy weekend store here on campus it should be a good one on the podcast as well thank god it's baseball season i cannot wait to uh have the tiki's reignited at our uh, broadcast booth inside cushy yo strike stadium but it's a week to get you thinking spring last week we saw women's golf hit the course today it's men's golf hitting the course they've already got a win under their belt today at their yestings meyer match play and then yeah you mentioned baseball at it they're in tennessee this weekend before they head to sunny florida Florida next week. Well, hold on. It's not just uh, baseball. They'll be heading to Florida. I, there's someone in this room, and it's not me, that's going to be heading to Florida. We yeah, but baseball. not next week. I know, but in a couple weeks. So I'm just throwing that out there. You're going to have a nice trip to Florida coming up while we're back here taking care of basketball. But like you said, golf already off to a hot start. And baseball, yep, we'll travel down this Friday for a three-game set with Austin P. It should be a good one and an exciting week coming up for them. I know that they're ready to kind of break the lid off of this season and have a chance to reestablish themselves this year after a year that they weren't too proud of last year, but a lot of positive thinking in that clubhouse right now. Speaking of reestablishing it, we saw it a couple different ways last week. On Wednesday, Eastern Michigan reestablished itself in the football recruiting world. It was the highest ever recruiting class under Chris Creighton, and Eastern hauled in two of its top 10 recruits in terms of 24-7 ranking services numbers since the recruiting services began tracking those things. So we hear from head coach Chris Creighton to get his thoughts on the late signing class and the overall class as a whole as he's our guest to discuss uh, signing day this week as you don't think of football this time of year. But Alex, we are one month to the day away from spring football back at it. Eagles will have new coaches some new title changes, all that coming up as we call it a tease in future weeks. We know who they are. You may not know who they are yet. I'm sure everybody listening will be excited to hear about it. I can promise that there's some exciting changes coming. And you said it best, Greg. Everybody pays attention to those 12, 13, 14 weeks on the field of play. Well, so much of the football program take place during the offseason. It starts with signing day like you just talked about. And it's so interesting to see these high-level recruits putting pen on paper to come to Eastern Michigan. It's a testament to what's happened the last couple of years. You're starting now to see the back-end benefits of going to the Bahamas Bowl, going to the Camellia Bowl, opening a new facility, getting these high-end recruits that say, I want to spend the next four years at Eastern Michigan because this train with Coach Creighton keeps on rolling. And that's certainly going to roll right into spring ball with a chance a lot of young players that haven't gotten a lot of time on the field that are going to be big contributors next year to get their feet wet on the gray turf inside Ryan Stadium. Well, and then speaking of blowing the recruiting 
recruiting train. That is what Fred Castro has been doing on the women's basketball side of it. Jenna Anacarico, a uh, a four-star recruit that he's been able to haul in out of Long Island. She has paid dividends. As you look up at it right now, women's basketball would be the number five seed and a half game out of a first-round MAC tournament bye if the season ended right now. Well, if you're a defender that's going to try to stop Jenna Anacarico, you can forget about it because it's impossible. This girl has been fantastic the whole year. Really, though, the last couple of games, she's really stepped into her own. 17 points, 10 rebounds last Wednesday against Ohio, her first career double-double. How does she follow that up, Greg? Well, she goes to in-state rival Western Michigan, puts up a career-high 31 points, knocks down five triples in that game to lead the team. Uh, certainly her best performance as an Eagle, her best overall week as an Eagle. And she's got this team to six Mid-American Conference victories already in the conference season. They've got a handful left. Six wins in the MAC is the most they've had at best in the last four years. So they've already matched that, a, a great chance to eclipse that, and then some this team is going to compete, and I know it's exciting. We talked to Coach Castro today about that. He kind of echoes that. And then we wrap up the show. You get a uh, on-course chat with Maria Connolly to talk about some aspects of the game. And Lord help me, I need some tips so maybe she can deliver. I sat down with Maria Connolly, of course, a senior on the women's golf team uh, last week, and I thought it'd be interesting to take the approach of not just, oh, you're going down to Florida playing match play, but how can a golfer like her help golfers like us is really where the, the start of this kind of conversation happened because, Greg, uh, I don't think the listeners need to know anything else other than we both need our fair share of health on the golf course. We have uh, described that on the show. Of course, you know, rest in peace, Mr. Squirrel at Eagle Crest Golf Course. So Maria will give us a little bit of an insight on some things you can try on the golf course, you at home too, to really bring a bad round back into the positive side of things, to stay positive on the course through your 18 holes and to finish it out without wanting to break a club uh, and smash it into your car window by the time you're walking off the course at Eagle Crest. There are many times that I've left Eagle Crest wanting to chuck my uh, bag into the drink before I walked out. It has not happened. Anything's possible. But Maria, good story. Did you know she was homeschooled before uh, coming to Eastern Michigan? I did not know she was homeschooled. Did you know that I was not homeschooled before coming to Eastern Michigan? That doesn't surprise me. You love Midland way too much. No place like home, Greg Steiner. No place like home. No place like home. That uh, we will see Eastern Michigan just a fair number of times this week as we take a look at your schedule. We told you it is men's golf right now in match play competition. They're down in Dade City today and tomorrow. Men's basketball on the road on Tuesday. They will take on the Chippewas of Central Michigan before the women's basketball team. They will head to Bowling Green on Wednesday to try to nip off the Falcons and run what could be a program record streak against the Falcons. Then no action until Friday when it all heats up. We're going to have the GVSU Big Meat Men's and Women's Track, both in Allendale on the west side of the state to get their weekend underway. Women's Swim and Dive, they'll be traveling to your home state, the Buckeye State, to take on Ohio State at the Ohio State Invitational. And then as we talked about baseball on the on the diamond against Austin P. Women's Track in action at Iowa State. And then gymnastics will wrap it up with a tri-meet between themselves, Ball State, 
State and Georgia. They're down in the Peach State for that. And then on Saturday, it's finally time for some home action. A double dip for you. Have your superhero cape ready because it is women's basketball coming at you. First, they will try to avenge their loss to Akron. That now a noon start rather than the 2.30 start. And the men will follow after that against rival Western Michigan. That's on Saturday. Kids, the first 500 get to take a LMA cape. And there will be plenty of superheroes in attendance. My superhero, not in attendance. There will be capes giving away. And like you said, superheroes in attendance. Even the great Greg Steiner will be there. I'll be signing autographs all day long. He'll be signing. He is the superhero of the stat computer. It is an incredible skill. Kids, families, always a great opportunity to come out to the Convocation Center. Be a part of the fun here at Eastern Michigan. Even take a little something home. I've seen the capes. They're pretty cool. I'm going to be definitely getting one myself. So there's probably only going to be about $499 to give away. Alex, already wearing it around the office. Don't let him lie to you. Absolutely. Hey, I'm not going to lie. It's a, it, it's a nice little piece. It will be fun week for everybody. Like we said, plenty of in store as well, as well as getting you ready for some spring next week. All that and so much more on this episode of the Eastern Insider. Stay with us, everybody. Signing day 2.0 as Eastern Michigan finalizes its 2020 class of signing day. Joined alongside head coach Chris Creighton. As you look at this class, coach, what stands out at you the most is you were able to get 11 additions today, eight offensive, two special teams, and one defensive guy out of six states. Well, you know, we felt as though we got an outstanding class um, on the early signing period, you know, in December. And and so now it's really the conclusion of that. There, there might be a couple others that happen. You know, this is the beginning of the signing period. Um, but so we're, you know, feels though we're just piling on, you know, if that makes any sense. Um, and, and so we are uh, really pleased. Um, you know, we have um, some committed guys that are going to be walking onto the program. And I don't really use that language, I mean, scholarship and walk on. Um, when, when we're talking internally about the program, we never talk about it, but people obviously differentiate. Um, but so to me, it's not about the 85, it's, it's about the, the 110 or however many Mm -hmm. end up being on the, on the team. And, um, we take that, you know, very seriously. And, um, so we're, we're really, really happy with, with how it's coming together. One of the things you needed with the graduation of a lot of wide receivers was that wide receivers, five of them that you signed today our wideouts, uh, what stands out to the most to you out of that group? Well, first of all, you know, we, we graduated, you know, five, uh, scholarship wide receivers. And then, um, and then with a walk on, you know, that there's six, you know, again, I don't like using that language, but so there's six guys, you know, from last fall's team that won't be with us. Um, so today, you know, with CJ parks, he's a junior college, um, wide receiver that we're getting out of Cerritos and um, had gone to modern day high school and um, was on his way to UCLA and that didn't work out. And so we're, we're, we're really excited about him. He came out with his father on an official visit and is just a really good fit for our program and super productive. He had 61 catches, um, you know, this year. And, and uh, so we're going to need 
um, some experience like him to come in to join the Dylan Drummonds and um, the Q's and and so on. So, um, and then we have you know the four freshmen coming in. And then in addition with C.J. Parks today, we have some guys that uh, we think are are really good players at the wide receiver position um, that are going to give us you know some length. Um, and then then we got a slot here even out of out of Celine and Colton um, that you know those guys are all going to um, have roles on our team and, and are going to make us better. On the defensive line, Micah Coleman, you were able to haul out of of Reynoldsburg, Ohio, in the central part of the state, six five but has the ability to still put some some meat and muscle on that frame right now, just 230. But you look back about the same weight that Max Crosby stood at those few years ago. Well, yeah, Micah, um, man, Coach Needham has wanted Micah Coleman for a long time. And, you know, we've recruited him you know, really through the summer, through all the way through the fall and now into the winter to this second signing day is a great fit for our program. Um, you know, we've, we've needed for guys to get a little bit more twitch at, at our defensive end spot. And, you know, with Brooksy now not red shirting anymore, um, and, and Jose, uh, you know, able to be, in our program and in our off season and spring ball, um, we think we're going to have a lot more twitch at the defensive end with, with Taran rush. Um, but, and then Micah then will be the freshman and he's every bit of six, five, he's really long and, and, uh, and super explosive. We're not concerned about the weight at all. You know, Max was, was a lot lighter than that actually when he came and showed up in June. Um, and then, um, you know, did a good job of, of putting the weight on and putting it on the right way. And, uh, we just, Mike has already put on weight, um, even just this winter. Um, and he's going to do it the right way and he's going to grow into something special. Able to get a few kids in your own backyard. You, you pull Evan Furtney out of Milan. You also get, uh, uh, Colton out of Celine recruiting Inside uh, the Eastern Michigan window in Michigan, has it gotten easier or is it uh, still uh, growing for this program? Well, you know, I've just always believed recruiting is never easy. You know, whatever the top programs are and whatnot, they're they're battling against, you know, other top programs. There's always the arms racers, you know, so so recruiting is never easy. Um, That's not the word that I would use, but I will tell you that we are much more well-received, um, you know, here in the state of Michigan now, you know, it's been four years that we've been playing really good football and beating the big 10 and, mm-hmm. and going to bowl games and got the, you know, the team GPA and the 24, 20 plus million dollar, you know, facility now. Um, so there's just, there's a lot of momentum. And I think, you know, since it's been a number of years now that, that folks in Michigan, um, uh, you know, are, are much more receptive um, to coming and being a part of the program. And, um, you know, Evan Furtney, there's, a, you know, played with Tristan Hines and uh, recruited his brother who, who's at Wisconsin. Great family. He's a great kid. And, uh, you know, really think that he can grow into an outstanding tight end. And you mentioned Colton, um, um, who, you know, was very productive at Celine and, and just knows our program. And, and we know that program is going to be a good fit here as well. And then as we rounded out two special teams guy, Adam Heston, the punter, and then you also able to get a long snapper in, in Peyton Knight. What do those guys bring? Well, you know, both of those guys were our first choices. 
Um, Coach Nunez, phenomenal job of, of finding them and, and recruiting them. And uh, they're great fits for our program. You know, Peyton Knight, I don't know that I've ever said this before in my life, but I coached his dad um, at Concordia University uh, in Chicago. Um, now, I wasn't his position coach and um, or anything like that, but uh, absolutely remember and know who he is. And so it was really neat then to be able to get to know uh, his family, you know, and get to know his son. And Peyton is, is uh, an excellent long snapper and comes from a great program, know the, know the high school coach in that program down in Indiana. And so, um, you know, with the graduation of Drake Sutton, um, there's a huge opportunity for that for him at long snapper and, and uh, he, he's, he's going to be a good one. And then, um, yeah, going all the way out to New Jersey, um, you know, for Adam, uh, and he, he's a, a really good punter, um, and a guy that, uh, uh is going to be able to come in and compete. You know, Jake will be a senior. It's gone by so fast and, uh, you know, fully expect for him to be a, um, a first team, uh, you know, all conference punter next year. I think that's what he has, you know, built ability wise. And uh, so Max is back and, and has a lot of talent and is getting better and better. And so Adam would be able to come in and, and uh, compete with him, um, you know, for that backup spot um, uh, this year and then to take it over. Coach, appreciate your time. As always, 32 signees Eastern Michigan has. Congratulations. We'll catch up to you as we get closer to spring ball. Awesome. Thanks so much. Looking for a ride? Trinity Transportation has the vehicle for you. From luxurious motor coaches to cozy sedans, Trinity Transportation is prepared to take you to your destination. Check out their fleet of vehicles at trinitytransportation.com or call 877-284-4200 to book today. That's trinitytransportation.com or 877-284-4200. Trinity Transportation, the official transportation provider of Eastern Michigan Athletics. Welcome back to the Eastern Insider. Joined now by fourth-year head women's basketball coach Fred Castro. And coach, your team coming off a gutsy come-from-behind 10-point deficit on Saturday. You get a win at Western Michigan. A big win for your girls. I know that you had faced a lot of adversity going into the half. You were up by 12. They come back and take a two-point lead. But then your girls fight and find a way to get it done despite some foul trouble and despite some uh, injuries still plaguing you on the bench. Talk about your team efforts on Saturday. Yeah, and uh, I think you said it best, a team effort. You know, obviously Jenna uh, had a phenomenal game and phenomenal fourth quarter. Um, But, you know, she got open because some teammates set some incredible screens for her. Uh, She got a backdoor layup because her teammates spaced the floor and executed the play when she was getting a lot of attention. And then, uh, you know, we had players like Natalia Pineda that came in for short instances and gave us really good minutes. And the play of the game, in my opinion, really was Courtney Lewis. Um, getting a charge uh, with under a minute, I believe, against Mobley, uh, which gave us another opportunity. Uh, all that being said, Juanita plays a fantastic game. Courtney Lewis played a really solid game. Uh, so team effort from top to bottom. So couldn't be any prouder of the team to go on the road against a really good Western Michigan team and come out on the winning end. Yeah, it seems like everywhere you look up and down the lineup, getting some of that production you've been hoping for from a lot of these girls. We've seen bits and pieces of it throughout the season, but you guys become a really scary team heading in to the end of the season into postseason play. 
when you've got someone like a Juanita Augusto who just all of a sudden three straight games in double-digit scoring. That's the first time she's done that in her career. And then we take a little bit of a closer look at Jenna Anakirko as well, who on Wednesday night against Ohio puts up her first career double-double, 17 points, 10 rebounds, and then follows that up with, oh, I don't know, a career-high 31 points, 10 made shots, five made three-pointers in that game against Western Michigan. What specifically about Jenna's performance this last couple of weeks uh, has been most impressive to you? Uh, you know, I think there's something to be said for that refuse to lose mentality. And, uh, you know, I saw Jenna have it a lot in high school and uh, she just has that fire uh, where she was just going to will her team to win um, some games. And she had that in a lot of ways um, this past week. And it's something that, you know, she it's not a natural position for her to win games by scoring. It's not who she is by nature. She's more, I want to get that stop. I want to come up with a loose ball. I want to make the play for the play, you know, um, but she's just so skilled. And because of, you know, some injuries that we've had, uh, some of the foul trouble that we've had, um, we need her to be a dynamic, dynamic score. And last year when we were at our best, she was averaging between 19 and 23. And it, it puts a lot of pressure on the defense. So, um, you know, we need her to continue to be uh, that assertive offensive player and know that we have a lot of other quality players that can put the ball in the hole. So they can't take everything away. And uh, I think teams are saying, we're going to make Jenna make some, and now they're going to make those adjustments and someone else is going to have to step up. Yeah. And you talk about her being that dynamic player. She certainly is just that the last couple of games, getting those storage scoring averages up, but she can do it on both ends of the floor too, because defensively she's got, Five plus steals in multiple games this year. She's one of the best in the league, top seven in the MAC in terms of steals per game, 1.6 assist to turnover ratio. Certainly some incredible numbers there. We don't always necessarily think about what that does for the girls on the bench as well. But talking about someone like an Aaliyah Stanley, who hasn't been able to play the last couple of weeks with their injury, but certainly a promising guard just like Jenna. How important can a performance like Jenna puts up be for Aaliyah to see that and kind of soak that in as a first-year player and then add that type of uh, kind of mentality to her game, even though she's not out there on the court? Yeah, I mean, they, they play the same position, so they see where those shots are available and, and how they work within our offense. Um, I've had, you know, although I'd rather see Aaliyah playing right now, in the past two weeks, I've had numerous quality conversations, you know, just kind of seeing what she's seeing from the sideline. And it's been remarkable uh, to see how she sees the game now, as opposed to how she saw it five, six months ago. Um, and she understands what makes us go, what we need, what we're missing. Uh, and you can really tell that she's learned a great deal in a short amount of time. And, you know, she's, this is still a very important period for Aaliyah. You know, uh, she still can give us a lot of energy from the bench. Uh, and she's still giving herself an opportunity to learn the game. Uh, this is the time of the year where it's really important. And you want to make sure you take lessons from this time, you know, February, March, this is where games are, you know, seasons are made and lost uh, this time of year. And, you know, I've, I've followed up with her after practices and after games, and um, you can tell she's really paying attention. Courtney Lewis, somebody that you mentioned earlier, uh, just a few minutes ago, 
someone that really kind of divine, defines that veteran presence, the veteran poise for you guys. 47 seconds left against Western Michigan. A tough, contested jump shot. She hits that to give you guys the lead for good. Five straight games now where Courtney's hit at least two three-pointers. That has either tied or led the team in four of those games. She's been much more consistent from behind the arc. She's been getting her looks. How much of that is attributed to the, op- the options that your offense is giving her, but also uh, her raised play as the games have gotten more and more important. I think it really uh, is a testament to her maturity more than anything. Um, you know, I, I'm very much a, a numbers analytics guy, but she played 40 minutes against Akron. Uh, so she played a full game um, and she played really well. You know, I never thought of taking her out because she played so well. And then at Western Michigan, she had our highest plus minus uh, of everybody on our roster. So that shows how high a level she's playing. She's really the one where we were down 10, hit two threes and got it back to four and made it manageable going into the fourth quarter. Um, and then she just had a calming presence, um, both offensively and defensively. And that's what a junior of uh, for her caliber can do and bring for us. So uh, the the jumper that she made with under a minute to go was no small thing. And uh, that's what we're going to need to continue to get from her uh, down the stretch. We're seven and a half minutes into this conversation and we have not even talked about Ariana Combs yet. What does that say about your lineup? We have gone through four or five different players and the one that leads your team in scoring 18.3 points per game She puts up 21 points for her 15th consecutive double-digit performance on Saturday at Western Michigan. We haven't even had to talk about her yet because of all the players around her that have done such a good job. But I don't want to leave her out of the conversation because she's had to face some adversity, too. Coming off a little bit of an injury at Akron, uh, sits out a game and then comes right back to the floor at University Arena on Saturday and puts up a fantastic performance. Just what is it? I know we've talked a lot about her that makes her able to tick at such a high level. I I just think she's her competitive nature is, is different. She's, she's not normal. And I mean that in the most positive way. Um, You know, she essentially, she begged me to play against the Ohio game and, and I just, we want to make sure we take care of her, but you know, if I would have given her the choice, she would have been out there on one leg and she probably would have scored 15, you know, it wouldn't surprise me, but um, she, she's just got such a different speed and level. Um, One it's like guarding Mowgli, you know, she's going to, she averages 20 uh, or, uh, double double but knowing it and stopping it is a different thing and and Ari's the same kind of kid you know what she's gonna do you know where she's going but there it's just so hard to stop and she's so aggressive um and she just you know the spacing with our offense creates a lot of driving lanes for her um so it, it's exciting you know this is a time of year where you really want to start uh playing on on all cylinders and i think we're slowly getting there where you see spurts Juanita had 21 the other night uh so i think these guys are really starting to put it all together uh the it's going to be a real test to see if we can put a string of games now um, back to back to back because uh, the conference is so competitive and so bunched up in the middle that, you know, if you're capable of winning three or four games, it changes a lot in terms of standings and not just that, but just let's say your mojo, <laughs> you know, mojo is everything this time of year. And uh, I, I like where we're at and where how we feel. And, uh, you know, you saw it on the, you felt it today on the practice court. I think we're, we're headed for a good 
final run. It's just uh, a matter of consistency. Can we do it night in and night out? Well, that run continues on Wednesday. You guys will head down to Bowling Green to face a program in the Falcons that have struggled a little bit record-wise this year, but I know you have a significant amount of respect for what Robin's done with that program over there. Coach, this chance uh, on Wednesday with a win would give Eastern Michigan its first five-game winning streak over the Falcons in program history. What does that say about where your program's at? But also, what are going to be the keys to getting that done uh, against a tough Bowling Green team that's better than the record suggests? I think you can look at their record and completely just light it on fire because if you've watched the games and you've watched the film, you know that they have played in really good teams really, really close. Um, they've been in ev- in pretty much every single game. Uh, probably the game where the score was most lopsided might have one one might have been ours early, you know, and then one exception I think against Miami of Ohio. But everybody else has been a close game. I mean, um, their last game against NIU, they were up late, and you know some things didn't go their way. But going into the Stroh Center, that's as tough a place as there is to play. Um, Robin clearly has their team playing uh, better every night and they're very competitive and they're one of the best offensive teams in this league. So if you don't show up against those guys, they will embarrass you uh, because they can score in a hurry. Um, It's going to be a a great challenge, a great opportunity for us to go on the road and and try and put the string together. Now that that's really, you know, it's one game at a time, but it's, it's about us being consistent and playing night in and night out. Um, on both the offensive and defensive end. Well, there he is. That's head coach Fred Castro. You can catch him next on the pregame tip-off show prior to the game at Bowling Green on Wednesday. He'll be on with Chad Bush about 10 minutes to tip. Coach, we wish you the best of luck uh, heading into Wednesday and the rest of the season. We'll look forward to some more good conversation in the future. Looking forward to it. Thank you. to play golf i say it's the most frustrating form of entertainment for me that i've ever i've ever kind of indulged in but i still love it i've got maria conley with me a senior here so interesting question for you here Mm -hmm. for the golfers that are listening at home and we have a lot of them that listen to this show give them your best piece of advice when maybe a round's not going as well because my advice would be to take a golf club and hit it against a tree (laughs) Uh, i know that a lot of people do similar things so from someone who is literally, you know, a, a collegiate golfer, you do this basically for a living at this point, what's your best advice for someone who's maybe not having the best round and how to kind of flip that around? Because I know that's something you and Coach have talked a lot about. Um, I would say there are two kind of things. They kind of go hand in hand. But um, the first would be, it's kind of cliche, but take every shot, one shot at a time. So really just... Um, focus on exactly what you're doing in that moment and then after you hit the shot try it's, it takes a lot of energy to do this um, at the end of the round you're mentally super tired but just try to relax and just enjoy the moment enjoy golf I think for me um, over four years I've had some high moments and some low moments on the golf course but um, this year I've really started to realize um, you know when you're having some struggles or a rough time on the course or a rough patch um just enjoy what you're doing you know you 
outside, you're golfing, um, enjoy the people you're with, and um, it kind of helps your mood and will help. I think it helps you get to the high points faster. So you heard it here first. Everybody needs to download the EMU Eagles app so they can listen to the podcast while out on the golf course. They can stay calm, <laughs> and that'll get our listenership up a little bit yes. too. So we're here with Maria Conley, senior on the golf team. As we wrap up, I wanted to ask you this. You're a senior. You're coming down to your last season here. Unfortunately, I know that's sad to think about. There's a lot of golf left to play. Uh-huh. But when you reflect on your time in Ypsilanti, what's maybe – your favorite or most proud moment? Oh my gosh. Um, well, that's really hard. I would say um, just being a part of the team that I've been with over the last four years, all the different teammates I've had, some still here, some not, um, so many great moments. But I would say uh, maybe, all right, I have two. So the <laughs> first, uh, my freshman year, uh, the first tournament we won because that was just, you know, such a exciting time for me it was brand new and we won a tournament so that was exciting and then I'd say I was um super proud when we won our home tournament this uh, fall season I think that really kicked us off to a good start and just shows you know the direction our program's heading in so well for those of you that listen every week you'll see a lot of and hear a lot of similarities between Julia Stevenson <laughs> and Marie Conley and in fact that's the exact same answer oh she gave me earlier today which is fantastic. So clearly you guys are on the on the same page. It's awesome when a team can do that because it, it shows on the course you guys are winning more tournaments, and I know there's a good spring ahead for you. And speaking of that, I know that you have to get down to Florida, yes. and we've got to get going on the Eastern Insider Podcast, but we want to thank you for joining us. wish you all the best of luck this spring. Hopefully we'll hear from you after a tournament win. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> all right, more on the Eastern Insider right after this. Well, that'll do it for another edition of the Eastern Insider Podcast. Thank you, as always, to all of our guests and, most importantly, you, the listeners. We couldn't do it without you, and we're so excited to be able to bring you all things Eastern straight from the source every week. As always, you can listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or wherever you download your podcast, including this year from our own website, emueagles.com slash podcasts. Make sure you stay with us every Monday. We'll be back next week bigger and better than ever. Until then, go green, go white, and go Eastern, and have a great week. We'll see you next time.